There are so many of those people that you've met, conversations that you've had or a book that you've read or just a moment of of sitting somewhere and a realisation comes from within you that totally changes the direction of your life. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Hello, everyone. Aisha Kennedy here, your host on Brilliant Misfits. I just want to thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in. And I've been really enjoying interviewing women from all walks of life, sharing their stories of not fitting in and how they were never really meant to fit in and how that individually and collectively, it's bringing in new ways of being and doing in the world. And that's really exciting to me. So I'm I'm just thrilled to be able to introduce you to different women that are really creating new ways in the world. And I have a really special guest today, and before I introduce you to her, I just want to quickly mention that you can join my private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. It's a private group for women to connect and communicate with other creative women for support, inspiration, and sharing. And at asiakennedy.com, you'll find more information and other offerings for living a mindful, creative life. So... I'm going to introduce you to my beautiful guest today. Her name is Trish Everett. She's an inner story coach and a communication educator. She specializes in helping individuals and couples to live with a sense of belonging and personal power. So welcome, Trish. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Aisha. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to dive right in because I really love what you're doing and the sense of belonging and personal power. Let's, let's get into that a little bit right away. Like what, what is it to belong? Let's, let's explore that a little bit. Yeah, it's beautiful to look at, yeah, what belonging is. And I think it's interesting that it's something that we strive for as little children is that we want to belong and we want to be included and we want to be feel like we, we are where we're supposed to be. Um, but what happens through our lives is that we, we almost forsake our belonging in the search of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> because by, by wanting to belong, we start to adjust ourselves so that we fit in. And so by starting to fit in, we leave part of ourselves behind so we can never truly belong while we're trying to fit in. (laughs) That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, the whole idea about um, Brilliant Misfits is because I'm exactly what you just described, Um, trying to fit in. I really lost my way trying to fit into something or somebody that I thought I should be and um, yeah, so I always had that funny sense of not belonging. 
Mm, absolutely. And me too. Like, I think that's part of why it's so much of my journey now is that search. What is that journey to belonging? And so much of that is coming into, you know, as you're talking about so beautifully on this show, the, the, um, embracing where we don't fit and seeing that that gives so much more richness by having those parts that aren't the same as everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) And so in your own story of not belonging, um, maybe just give us a little bit of a story about that and how you were able to begin to see that as a gift and how that informed what you're doing today, helping others. Yeah, I guess... I guess when I look at all of my like facets of not belonging in my life, I'm like, oh, which one do I go to? Um, but I guess one that really resonated as a child for me was my parents were these um, gorgeously, um, what's the word, idealistic or, you know, they, they wanted to bring us up in a way where we got to be with animals and we got to grow our own food and they were having um, a property where we were trying to be self-sufficient to a certain extent. My mum would bake all of our bread and grow all of our own vegetables. We'd have goats that we'd milk and we'd drink goat's milk. (laughs) And we lived on the edge of a a town that was largely dairy farming. Mm. And I went to school and there were no other kids that had an upbringing like me at my school. (laughs) I got driven to school in a combi van and everyone else came in their sedans and my clothes were from the op shop and and I just felt like my life was was always different and as a child it was a, it was an interesting place because I loved my life at my ha- at my house and how I was brought up and that I had that I had this beautiful upbringing where I got to eat food straight out of the garden and I knew where it all came from and I got to have pet goats and cats and chickens and, (laughs) you know, I had this beautiful um, world there. But when I went to school, it was so different from the other kids who wouldn't swap their sandwiches for me because mine were thick and homemade bread and salad and theirs were white bread with sprinkles. (laughs) (laughs) And and I didn't feel like I belonged. Like I, I grew up in that place of feeling like I didn't belong amongst my peers. Um, and now as an adult, I look back and I'm so grateful for my upbringing and I wouldn't wish for it to be any different than what it was. But when you're in it, it was, um, it was difficult because I had a, a love for how I was brought up, but then I didn't like not being able to fit in. Mm. I think that's such a common thing for a lot of us, isn't it, is that that introduction into some sort of society thing, whether it's the school institution where you're with other people and you just want to fit in with your peers. And so um, often that's when we start to feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not like the others. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. And I was lucky enough to go on exchange to France when I was 16 and it was the first time that I realized how awesome it was to be different. (laughs) (laughs) Like to be 
something different than everybody else around me gave me superstar status rather than, um, you know, not included status. I had so many beautiful friends and everybody wanted to talk to me and I was interesting and I was different and I was something exotic for them. Um, and I really enjoyed being able to be who I was and not feel like there was something wrong with it. (laughs) And do you find that sometimes that happens for some of us and then for other people, they struggle a little more, they don't actually celebrate their uniqueness? Well, I think it's an ongoing journey. Like I'm certain that there's still parts of my uniqueness that I'm um, not so ready to bring to the front. <laughs> mm, yeah, good point. I'm similar too. Yeah. Yeah. That there's, that there's um, this, this journey that we all go on. And what I talk about a lot is the journey from feeling like an ugly duckling into becoming a swan, which is very much a journey of finding who we truly are and then actually showing up to the world as that. And I I feel like it's a journey because it's not about becoming the swan or being the ugly duckling. It's about whether you're looking towards the swan or whether you're looking towards the ugly duckling in terms of the journey Mm. Mm. so that we're either moving towards belonging or we're moving away from it. Well, there's that beautiful story by um, Clarissa Pinkola Estes in Women Who uh, Run With the Wolves, and she talks about the ugly duckling and it's hanging out with the mouse and it's waddling and it's trying to fit into being like the mouse. And then at some point it sees a swan in flight and this ugly duckling is a swan and it sees this swan in flight and it has a moment of recognition so I'm just wondering, is do you do you feel that um, somewhere in your life there was that moment of recognition that you saw a flock of swans and you said, yes, that's where I belong? Yeah, I think I definitely feel that that began to happen to me when I went to France mm. and I got to see it wasn't it. It was almost the, the, the way that the people, my peers in France lived was this beautiful, open and accepting place that didn't feel so clingy and um, criticising and something changed and I got to see how people, um, they would shine, that there would be people that would just shine and just be themselves, mm. um, which I hadn't seen very, like I hadn't recognised before or maybe I was too caught up in my own, <laughs> my own, um, yeah, and I think it was actually even before that. There was a, a girl who I knew when I was 12 and this is where my whole idea of wanting to go on exchange came from and she was going to go on exchange to Norway she was older than me but I just I saw her seeing what she wanted and and going for it (laughs) and that it was like such a pivotal moment for me this woman who was who was a girl at that point but had kind of decided that there was this big wide world out there and she was going to go and be part of it. And I remember being so inspired that I had just decided when I was 12 that I would go on exchange. <laughs> and then it came to be and it was in that part of my journey that I started to see, wow, you know, there are other people out in the world that are just doing their thing. <laughs> 
That's beautiful. What a great story. Oh, I love that, being inspired, and especially when you're so young like that too, and then just making that decision. And I think that's really important, don't you, to just at some point you say, yeah, I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to explore something new. It's just not anything that you can mentally come up with, but in our journeys, there'll always be these little guide posts or guide lights or clues or signs that if we follow them, they often lead us into living a more open and creative life. Oh, absolutely. I've got tingles. <laughs> and, and when you look back through your life, there are so many of those people that you've met, conversations that you've had or a book that you've read or or just a moment of, of sitting somewhere and a realisation co comes from within you that totally changes the direction of your life. There's these beautiful moments, just like the ugly duckling, of looking up and seeing something more than where they're at now that really resonates at a deep level within us. Mm. And I just want to say to any of our listeners out there, the women that might be tuning in or the men, like, this is such a, I just love what we're talking about because it really is about being open to the more spiritual side of ourselves in a way, isn't it, Trish? To just really just look for those clues that are going to help you turn that around if you're feeling like you don't belong or you're not fitting in, that that life is actually guiding you and we can really cultivate a little more trust in that, the, the whole process. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like that's just, yeah really um yeah I remember there was a point in my life where I would walk around so consciously looking for signs that I would go on did you ever do a penny hike have you ever been on a penny hike no I have no idea what that is so a penny <laughs> hike is where you you walk around and you take a coin with you and whenever you get to an intersection you flip it and you have left for heads and right for tails and so you go on an adventure by flipping a coin on each corner <laughs> and I used to I used to play around in my early 20s when I would go for a walk I would I would talk <laughs> it sounds really bizarre but I would talk to the grass or the flowers and whichever way they pointed would be the way that I would go for my bushwalk and I would go through the bush <laughs> wow I think that's a very nice, highly recommended activity. I think I might have to try that one myself. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. And, but as a, as a metaphor for life, mm. to be able to just keep on showing up moment by moment going, oh, well, what's my sign for where to next? What resonates with me in my current situation? Where can I go to from this place? <laughs> And would you say that ties in with personal power? How would you describe that, you know, because you do work with people in their sense of belonging and, and personal power. So what is, what is that personal power? How do you see that? I think, yeah, I think the best way to kind of describe personal power is that, you know, there's, there's a place within us and when we're sort of seated in our belonging, it's really we have a lot of access to it, but it's a place where we can do whatever we need to bring into this world. So it's it's almost it's not so much that we can I mean it is like we can do anything, but it's really that we can do anything that's aligned with ourselves. Mm. 
Yeah, that's a really important distinction. Can you just say that again? That's really beautiful. Oh, there you go. That's a challenge. Thanks. <laughs> like that when you're in the moment, isn't it? Just, yeah, it just came out. <laughs> well, it's something about doing anything. It's yes, not that you can do this, anything, but it has to be yep. aligned. And I think that's the key word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So this this idea of personal power that we, oh, yeah, I can do anything. And it's almost like anything is too broad because there's a whole lot of things, sure, we could do that, but that's not aligned. Mm. And so to go off and do those things, we actually lose our power because we have to be within that alignment of ourselves. And, you know, even our like soul purpose or however you want to to look at it or your, or our dharma or whatever, mm. whatever term works for you. But it, when we stray from our own alignment of who we are, then we lose our, we lose our personal power. Mm. So it's almost, they're kind of a tandem. They need to go together. Um, and I guess the other thing about personal power is that it's, it's personal, it's over our own being. It's not a power over others. Mm. It's a power over our own path and our own destiny and our own ability to be able to walk our, our lives mm. as opposed to um, a power where you have it over somebody else, where you can push and pull people to your will. It's not that kind of power. Mm, I think that's a really important distinction. And I think especially for women, I know I've had this discussion with some other um, interviews on this show, and the word power often has this very negative connotation, and especially for women, because I think in some ways, if you believe in reincarnation and past lives that... Um, a lot of women were persecuted for really standing in their personal power and they weren't in the power of having something over someone or dominating. They were in their personal power to, to help and to heal, but they were often crucified for that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel... I've got tingles again. I'm talking to you. Goodness me, Asia. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. I've been um I'm in the middle of or almost at the end of um the mists of Avalon and it's that whole that whole journey in time where where women are um it's looking at that whole period of time where women have um you know, it's that point in history where we started to tell be told that we were the sinners and that we were the ones that bought around bought with with women with a voyage of evil. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness. And we you can just see how that from, you know, all those thousands of years ago, that that period of time, we're still we're still um we're still healing from that. Yes. We're still healing from this this idea that women are sinners and that our bodies are the vehicle of sin and that um there's something wrong with female power and our um because feminine power is so incredible but we've we've lost our confidence in being able to use it mm. it's so true and I think it is partly because of that the conditioning that we grow up with but also even more historically how women have been punished for being in their power so it's a lot to heal yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, like you say, if, if there is that, if 
people do believe in that past life thing, then there's life after life after life where we weren't living how we do now <laughs> that will be that will be deeply connected in our soul. And part of our, our journey is to to let go of that and to, you know, find our way back to our power, our personal power for men as well because, you know, when one side has lost its power, mm. they've also lost their power because they can't only be responsible for their personal power. They had this illusion that they had to be powerful over others. Like mm. the balance has been all out of whack. <laughs> yeah, and it truly is an illusion, isn't it? Because power is a beautiful thing if it's used in in the the highest intention. It really is power with where we're um, collaborating and lifting each other up rather than power over. So I always like to think of it as yeah. power with that sort of helps me to heal within myself around the, the idea of stepping into my own personal powers to think of it as power with rather than a power over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, again, it's coming back to that alignment and that sense of belonging when they're all kind of hooked in together. Mm. There's it, there's such an awareness that power over is so, so draining. <laughs> like it, it takes from, you know, <laughs> sounds like quite a burden really. <laughs> but that's a really good point because energetically that I was going to ask you like what your opinion is about um, finding your alignment. How do you know what you're aligned with? What are the signs that you know that, oh yes, this is, I'm aligned with this. And I think that one, that's one of the things is whether something feels really draining and heavy or whether it feels light and energizing. Yeah, yeah, like I, I guess it's that lighting up, like mm. I know that I feel like I'm heading in the right direction when things are lighting me up and when when things are draining and it's tricky because there's layers because there are things that are draining that we need to move through so that we can clear a bit more space for the light. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is that side of it as well um, and and learning how, learning how to go through like heavy emotions actually clears the way so that the light can then that can then shine through mm. so yeah i've added to that in kind of an obscure way i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. And um, I think, you know, none of us escape having heaviness or um, erroneous beliefs that create emotional heaviness in us. And it is, it's life is that journey. Life is that peeling away of the layers of the onion to get back to who we really are. So, yeah, it's not about um, denying or avoiding those, those heavy you know, that we shouldn't be like that. I mean, it's just part of being human. And, you know, it's just nice to find ways that you can embrace that and move through it. So I imagine that in your work as an inner story coach that you would do that with people. Yeah, yeah. And I I guess that there's there's lots of ways to move move through these things and unpeel the onion, as you mm. say. Um, Let's and, offer our listeners a few little tips around sure. that. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the first one is always to come back to the awareness, like to start to start where you're at and to just to start to notice, like you were saying before, like where is 
Where is it draining? Where am I lit up? And start to to notice, just noticing, oh, yeah, that really drains me. Oh, that really lights me up. And, and looking to get more balance in life so that you don't have too much of the drain and you have more of the being lit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, awareness is a really big step. And, you know, the that's awareness on a cognitive space but also like so much of what you do is that coming back to being centered and to being grounded and to being in the moment and to being present um from that place you have access to your personal power you have access to yourself whereas when you're not in the moment and you're far away from it you've lost you you you're not you're not with yourself (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you haven't got access to your power. So, yeah, that, that awareness, both internal, um, bringing the awareness of what's happening in the moment and the cognitive of the bigger picture of, wow, how do I fit into all of this? <laughs> yeah, and it's true because we are all part of that bigger picture. And um, I find it really helpful personally that when I connect to the bigger picture, then I can actually address the more personal issues because it's, it brings it into a, a more spacious, larger context within which to allow some of the, you know, things that are erroneous that aren't really true to be able to be brought into the light. I can have a look at it and then I can choose and say, well, I don't really need to keep doing that. I can, I can change that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think the other really big one about both personal power and around belonging is the the balance between boundaries and self-responsibility. Yeah, that's <laughs> a whole another. show. That's a whole show that's on another its own. One. <laughs> we'll have to do that one another time. I love that balance and responsibility. Yeah. yeah, and I think just uh, just one point on it though is one side of that is just being able to own your own stuff, and a lot of a great way to practice that is with I statements. So, in when you come into a conversation with someone and you're annoyed about something, you don't start it with you this, you that, you this. You take it and you own it and you talk about well, I feel this and I'm thinking this and this is what's happening for me. So that you're you're containing what what's going on for you within yourself, yeah, mm. um, and and that also yeah that just creates a nice balance between <laughs> between what what is theirs and what is yours. And then in, in the opposite is that when somebody's going you this you that that you translate it in your head to think well that's what they think. <laughs> yes, instead of taking it on and getting instead defensive and yep. and everything yep. escalating as it does. <laughs> yeah. So when they're saying you did this, you do that, then you just translate in your head as saying I think this and I feel that and okay, you can think and feel all of those things. That's over in your side. <laughs> 
Excellent. And I find even if you're not with another person, you can still practice this sort of thing because, you know, we have stuff that's um, regurgitating in our heads. And if we're actually looking at it, you know, instead of like thinking and projecting it onto other people in even in just our heads, um, I often use the words, my story is this. And I think that Mm -hmm. came from Brene Brown, where she, you know, she owns her own story that is in her head instead of like thinking, oh, well, he did this and she did that. It's more like "Mm, my story around this is, and then it just gives you that little bit of detachment, that little bit of space to actually look at it and say, well, how true is that? Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. I love that. Mm. And the exciting thing about a story, and that's what I find a lot with people is that a story is something that we've created. (laughs) (laughs) We we're actually, good storytellers, aren't we? We're amazing storytellers and we keep telling ourselves the same stories over and over and some of the stories don't actually serve us. So going back to that idea of the ugly duckling and the swan is that if we keep on telling ourselves the story in chapter one over and over and over again in our lives, we never get to the part of the story where we get to fly off and realise we're a swan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful image. I love that, Trish. <laughs> so... We, we're just wanting to allow our story to evolve and to allow our story to evolve, we have to give it space to not keep on telling us the same part of the story mm. and start turning the page so that we can see what happens next. <laughs> yes, yes. Who wants to keep going over on this treadmill over and over and over and over again? At some point you just feel like, okay, I'm ready to step off. And I think that is sort of like divine grace that comes in and it just sort of gives you a little wake-up call. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then you say, okay, I'm ready to step off of that story that I've been running for a long time time now yeah yeah and I love that that um that idea that the divine grace comes in and what you were talking before about becoming more aligned to um you know to the spiritual side of things because that that um those signs will keep coming and they get louder and louder and more and more unpleasant when we're not listening to them it's like my children if I if I say to them, if they try to say, mum, they ask me really nicely the first time until they get to a point where I'm not responding to them and they're just screaming at me, mum. <laughs> that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of divine, that sort of those signs that come, they're kind of like that. They start really subtle and if we can follow them while we're subtle, we don't have to go through these big sagas. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. So I think the key is if we want to have a a lighter life, we start paying attention to the subtle, the little subtle clues that are out there. They're always there. So Trish, I want to just talk a little bit about um, your work as the inner story coach and just just let our listeners um, know how if they want to work with you on any of that and um, how they can get in touch with you or what's the best way to find out more information about your work as an inner story coach? Sure. So I offer um, coaching over Skype Mm -hmm. and also in person if you happen to be in the Beaver Valley in the far south coast of New South Wales. (laughs) But mainly I work with people on Skype, which is really beautiful. I, um, I find that 
Um, people actually get more out of the Skype sessions even than in person. Um, and the coaching is a process. It's a combination of narrative counselling and wellness coaching and nonviolent communication and mediation. And those things are all kind of brought together in the inner story coaching to, to really go down into what's underlying the story and then from that place, support what is being longed for by underneath a story and then support the story to change so that it can have what it's longing for rather than being stuck in the story that's stopping it from being able to be reached, if that makes sense. Um, and the big areas that it seems to turn up in people's lives is in their stories around their bodies in their stories, in their relationships, especially their romantic ones, and also with their kids. And the other story it really turns up in is when people are trying to align to their their life purpose. Um, and in all of those places, those feeling of an ugly duckling can come up. And so in the sessions, we, we go into that story and start to try and turn the pages. So we're getting closer towards the part where you get to be this beautiful swan. <laughs> So lovely. people want to. <laughs> lovely Sorry, description. I no, it was just a lovely description. <laughs> I was loving the swan. <laughs> yes, oh, so yeah. yes, yes, please tell us how swan. to um, get in touch with you, Trish. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm on Facebook. Um, you can reach me there. I'm also uh, my webpage is www.trisheverett.com.au, and Everett's E V E R E W T. Um, yeah, and you can find me there. And there's all a whole bunch of information. You can follow me on social media. Yeah, I'm all over the shop. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm going to have that written so those of you who are listening and can't actually jot that down while you're listening, it will be in the show notes. So um, please just check when you're in a place where you can have a look. The The links to that will be in the show notes. And um, just tell us a little bit about your Facebook group because I'm a member of that group. I think it's fantastic. And just tell us what the name of that is because I love the name. <laughs> It's um, Fully Swan for Women in Business mm -hmm. and it's all about that journey moving towards your swan. Um, for women who are, who are starting or who have their own businesses and each day we look at different parts of that journey. And, yeah, it is. It's a beautiful space with um, lots of beautiful deep sharing and also lots of lightness and fun and um, there's a day where people promote their things so we get to see what everybody is up to and learn from each other yeah mm. so that's on facebook so fully swan for women in business thank you so much trish there was so many gems in everything that we talked about i feel like the time just goes by so quickly but i do want to talk to you again about and just go a little deeper into this whole balance and responsibility and a few other things we talked about so i hope you come back again for another round on Brilliant Misfits. And I deeply appreciate everything that you've shared today. Oh, I'd be delighted. And it has been such a pleasure. Oh, I've had <laughs> tingles and it's just it's so lovely to talk to you about all of these things that are so close to both of our hearts. It's, yeah, been an absolute honour. Thank you, Trish. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And bye for now. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. 
And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.